The Marionettes by Bull Bergman A master and lord sits in heaven's hall, and up to hands age has blighted. A scheme goes of thousands of strings in all, from each human life he's ignited. He joins them together, and if he should jerk, we bow and we curtsy at his every quirk, and do pyramids so amusing, poor marionettes of his choosing. We eat and we drink and we love and we fight and die and to earth are committed. We carry the torch of our thoughts so bright, and we deem our words strong and quick-witted. We live in great splendor, as also in shame, but all that goes under, all may lead to fame, and all that can augur good fortune or ruin, is jerks on strings, and here's doing. You ancient old lord, up in heaven's hall, when will you finally tire? The carnival's puppet dance, spring or fall, displays the same lack of desire. A jerk on the string, and everything's gone, and all humankind can sleep on and on, and sorrow and evil rest from endeavor in your great toy box. Forever. Uduasha City, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow, where dancers cavort in forbidden operas making love to forgetting and flame. Where the wealthy play at war with silver swords and silken sashes. Where the people mine the dead heart of a burning star for cannonballs and pipework. And where a thousand secrets hide in a forest of paper and ink. Here, the five key bearers reside. The five who know the secrets of the broken gates of death. Five. Five only. There is no sixth spire, forlorn and forgotten in the desert. There is no one who looks to the displaced, the poor and destitute and landless, whose ancestry has been stripped from them by foreign looms and foreign sparkcraft, and no one has ever heard of the House of Endings. But this is their story. Their roots pulled up and burned, they stand in filth up to their necks, and that is precisely why they must keep their heads ever high. Welcome to Uduasha, immigrant. May it fear the name of the house you will build. Welcome to Desperate Tune, an actual play podcast about characters with their identities in peril, played by an international cast devoted to fiction-first gaming, collaborative world-building, and complex character drama. Oh yeah, I gotta get myself into the. Imagine me like doing the thing which I know some people do, which is you slap yourself on your cheeks and you go. I'm, I'm doing that. Yes.
you do that. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll sign us in. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. so uh, welcome back to Desperate Attune and uh, our story called The House of Endings. We are uh, continuing from where we picked up last episode. Obviously, we are. Why did I say that? Um, where in uh, our crew finally got the paperwork registering House Ankatam in the bureaucratic system of Uduasha, and now it is recognized as a foreign house, a Kethrisi house. Uh, it has a, a name with signed paperwork and everything. However, uh, the crew, particularly Moss and Bidruhi, have not uh, told their mother about this. Arkies. Uh -huh. You know, we just cut before we could. It's not like yeah. you were keeping a secret. It's not like you were keeping a secret. No, indeed. Uh, but there was a wrinkle in your plan to do this. There were two surprises that came up. One of them was that you have a younger sister named... Uzra. This is only a surprise to the people at the table, not to the characters. Yes. It's not a surprise to the characters, no. To be clear, you have a younger sister. What is a surprise to the characters is the appearance of Bidruhi's... Um, brief fling a woman who introduced herself as mumtaz who is an actress an opera singer question mark and uh, a rafiq i must insist that the fling was not brief we were mm -hmm. flinging around for a long time yes she uh, she has been flung it is noted um Am I missing anything? I think that was basically the gist of the matter. There's a lot of other stuff going on too, of course. Um, stories that happen in downtime and such, but I think that is basically where we left off in the action. So Moss and Bidruhi are in their um, in their mother's boarding house. And last we saw Saida and Mushfik. They were working on a plan to upstage the Falling Star Sword School, which is acting snobby around them. And I remember you conducted an impromptu job interview with one of them somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bushwick doing somehow the exact opposite of the thing that I thought he was going to do. Yes. Mm. It works um, out. Well, you know, yeah, it's fine. Mm. Uh -huh. <laughs> but speaking of Mushvik, he also lives in this boarding house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he can be in the scene if he wants to. It's meal times after all. And, what time uh, is it? Uh, we did we did specify, but we did specify that uh, uh, Moonlit, the mother, is serving food to her guests. So I guess it could be any meal time. Mm. Well, if it's any meal time, then I mean, of yeah. course, we're gonna be there. Uh huh. Are you like Obelix? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, no, it's just, he hasn't had a you know uh, home cooked meal in such a long time. Right? Uh huh. So, not since breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get rolling on the scene, I suppose. Which is mm -hmm. to say, Mumtaz uh, walks over towards Spiderhi quite casually, and then she just takes a seat. And it's very clear that it's not that she is renting a room at the boarding house. It's she talked to your mother, and she is now here as a guest. She somehow has wheedled her way into this. And it doesn't seem like Moonlit is terribly pleased with either that you have relations with this woman or that this woman is using that for a free meal ticket. But here you are. Mm. Uh, she has somehow leaned on, you know, hospitality culture to ensure this fact. And so she is going to sit down in front of a 
home-cooked uh, Ketrisi meal that is being served out for all of you. I forget if we said what it was last session, but maybe you want to add some detail to what is being served. I, I, I have a suggestion. I feel like it could be highly questionable bone marrow. Highly questionable, mostly, because this is the Shattered Isles and everything is highly questionable. Oh, Nihari. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Why not? Uh -huh. like, these, like rats, well. these rats were fed on the finest worms. Uh -huh, yes. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, so yeah, she sits down in front of her bowl, picks up a, a mysterious bone of unknown origin, and uh, she looks across to Bidrahi just to kind of gauge his reaction as she saunters into the room mm -hmm. and measures him up. And it's one of those you're being judged both by her and by your mother for how exactly you will react to this. Mm. So what do you do? This is a great... Hmm, this is a very character-defining moment, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, hmm. so we established that my mother knows that I'm in, that I have like slept with this person. Uh, yeah. Ba mm -hmm. Basically, I think because she told your mother about it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I say, oh, ma, I I am very happy that you have gotten to know Momtas already. I'm sure the two of you will become very fast friends. Very, very fast, uh, as fast as it takes Mumtaz to finish this stew and then go away. <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she looks at you and uh, she says, hmm. Now, she mentioned you had some sort of business arrangement at the chipped cup, too. No, it wasn't business. It was very much um, just, you know, we were just hanging out, you know, just, just no hanging out. Yeah. No business, mom, just pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it and, was anyone else, I would say such a thing. <laughs> yes. And I think Mumtaz, uh, she kind of interrupts herself mid-meal and she says, hmm, that's right. Maybe we never had time to get to the business proposal. Of course, I understand you've been busy. What with Omid and registering your house at the the office and all of that, he says, and oh, then yes. she goes back to your boat. And... Oh, oh, yes, Ma, there is a very important thing we should tell you. Like, uh, sister and I, we did something very important. And Mumtaz, how about you finish your nice meal? And Ma and Mum and, and Mosapu and I, we sit down and we have a talk in the sitting room. Yeah, I think Mumtaz just cheerfully slurps in response to this. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't even really properly say anything, but uh, uh, get the moonlit... bone out of that red bone. Yes, yeah. but moonlit definitely just like raises an eyebrow and uh, is uh, perplexed by what is going on. And so, if you want to take her into the sitting room, where I guess you have your weird bonsai tree, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I am also here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really don't want to. Have... Mm -hmm. Yes. And I really don't want to have this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but but I need but I need you to have this conversation because if mm -hmm. you don't, I will have to. So I need you uh -huh. to I, I need you to have this conversation. So I'm going yeah. to uh, like and and it is very very cool how we managed to do it. And sister was very amazing. And <laughs> this should be a family discussion. And of no, sister, you must come. And also, Usra should also be here, of course. Like so, you know. Mm -hmm. Ah, but we should we we shouldn't leave a guest in the leave a guest entirely alone. You can have 
We can enjoy well, our food yeah, first. The guest isn't entirely alone because uh, Mushvik is at the, Yeah, he, he's just busy with his meal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think she is going to have a conversation with you then, actually, Mushvik. I think it's perfect for her to get to know Bidrohi's friends a little. Yeah. And in fact, she already does know you because you were in the chipped cup and stuck out like a sore thumb. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, um, all right, we'll do that first. We'll see what Mushvik is up. Yeah, we'll cut back to the scene later. But uh, yeah. let's see Moonlit and her two uh, unruly children first. So she steps into the sitting room. <clears throat> and she, I think she moves kind of slowly and solemnly. You described her as, what were her descriptors again? Sorry, I... Uh, uh, devout, de- worldwide, worldwide, devout and piercing. Yeah, and, exactly. And muscular. Yes, so <laughs> she's very deliberate in her movements as she sits down. And she has this, you know, muscular build of a woman who has worked her entire life. And... Uh, yeah, piercing eyes that uh, look at you both for an explanation. I don't even think she says anything. She just waits for you to start talking. And there is like a brief imperceptible sigh escaping her mm-hmm. as she sits. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, is Uzra here as well? I think she was yeah. in the room anyway. Probably. Yeah, she I was think. in the room anyway. So mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to take Uzra onto my lap and I'm going to be very busy playing with her. Mm-hmm. I take the hint. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I suppose I shall be initiating this conversation. Um, I mean, well. big sister, of course, if you insist. Mm-hmm. Um, a few days ago, was it a few days ago? I it was a few so, days yeah. ago. I suppose it was uh-huh. a few days ago. Um, we were given for safekeeping a certain document from Kefis, document that certified a person at that time an undefined person or a family as being Kefris in nobility in the eyes of in the eyes of Uduasha, in the eyes of the bureaucracy here. Um, this led to some trouble. Uh, gosh, I, I don't know if I'm going the right direction, but I'm just going you, to push through. You're doing very good. Please keep, yeah. please keep on. I think this as you're to... saying this, we just see like the only movement to Moonlit is that her eyes imperceptibly narrow more and more with every word. Shit. <laughs> this led to some trouble. There was a bit of a scuffle. Yes, I heard about that. Yes. In which we learned that the person who it was originally going to go to was, well, wasn't going to use it in a very good way, Um, was going to make a mess out of things if if it was left with him, um, if he was registered as Kethrisi Nobility in the eyes of Uruasha. So that so uh, it's us now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's about to start complaining about Alcadar because I mean she knows him and she knows exactly who you're talking about until you get to the so it's us now and that actually stops her in her track from complaining the, and she just stammers from I have a big thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> us. Us. Th- this family. You mean this family, us. That us. The Ankatam family. Of course, 
we are we are now like super duper legit uh, aristocracy now how much trouble are we in no trouble at all now we are aristocracy there's no trouble at all now all the trouble that we would normally be in it doesn't come to us because now we can just wave the paper and it will go away and the families in Ketris don't know about this? Well, I suppose word hasn't reached them yet. Mm-hmm. Well, but... he, uh, he rises and she says, well, I guess we'd better prepare for when it does. Don't worry, Ma. Listen, Al-Qadir, sir, he had this, he had this like very ambitious plan to put on his cool waistcoat and take the document and go to find the person who it was supposed to go to, and then kind of like, uh, and then using the document, he would then kind of like seduce this person by being like, "Oh, look, I found. I look, this document. It was on the floor. I picked it up. Uh, I please marry me now or something. I don't know. It was very stupid, but it sounds like this person. We can just talk to them ourselves. Probably quite reasonable. I don't know." But yeah, maybe we can see. Uh, anyway, it's all good. Uh, we are we're going to get the land back, maybe even you know. Don't you want that? I think as you say, get the land back. She goes from like tired to actually like looking right at you with renewed vigor and interest, and also a bit of anger. And she says, "Get the land back. We've we've discussed this." We are not getting the land back. We live here now. But what they did to our land, it isn't it isn't there anymore. Not as I knew it. But you've gotten us into a fine mess here, and I suppose we will have to make the best of it. So you're saying we're a gentleman family now. Is that it? That's what the paper says. Hmm. Well, then I best guess we had best start behaving like it, hadn't we? I mean, Ma, you have raised me very, very well, and I have been behaving like gentlemen all my life. Isn't that right, Usra? Uh, Usra just chirpily goes, yes, with, <laughs> with no context, not having listened to the conversation at all. Okay, um, so uh, thumbs up once again and a big grin. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think Moonlit says, well, for one thing, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with this angle for Moonlit. You can, you can veto this if you don't like it. But she says, like, for one thing, a Ketrisi gentleman doesn't go off on dalliances with... She stops herself and uh, uh, she says, Bidruhi, she's Uduashan. She's a very bad influence. And I think she's one of those mothers that, like, wants you to marry within, like, your ethnic group. Just mm-hmm. she thinks it's much safer, and now you're flirting with the, these local women. I, you know, obviously she knows about this. She's smart, but uh, but flirting is one thing, and inviting someone home is another. Maybe you're actually serious about this girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. are you okay with this angle that she yeah. disapproves of you dating non-Ketrisi? Okay, so I see this, and I, and I kind of smile and say, okay, Ma, we have spoken about this, and okay, so first of all, I did not invite her back. She invited herself back, because as you said, she's a very misbehaving person, very bad influence. 
just like all these Uduvashans. But we are in Uduvasha. It's always Uduvashan influence, you know? And, you know, sometimes it's like this, sometimes it's like that. And, you know, if we... Like, if we didn't want Uduvashan influence, we'd go back to Ketris. But as you say, there's nothing to go back to. So it's just, you know... It, yes, well, if and we're going just to shrug. The, Yeah, if we're going to be the part of gentlemen from home, then I think we have even more reason to hold on to our ways. Mm. You want me to tell to tell her uh, no more soup for you. Get out. He looks a bit like uh, ambivalent at the moment. She, there is this like she's been very very steely up until now, and now there's some of that that nervousness coming back into her. And she says, "Is there a?" an aristocratic way to say that we can't really afford giving people free meals. <laughs> yes, we can have Butler do it. Ah, good. Yes. Yes, she says. And I think she is very worldwise, but you know, she doesn't know how aristocracy works. Why would she? She's been a farmer her whole life. And now a small business owner. So... Mm -hmm. I, I thought I thought the aristocratic word for not for cannot afford is to be not inclined to. Mm -hmm. ah, mm. Good, good. Listen to your sister. Sister <laughs> Moss, she is a natural at being gentleman. Excellent, very good. Mm -hmm. uh, I will procure a butler for us as soon as we have. And then he kind of like makes mental calculations. Mm -hmm. As soon as we have eight coin. But for now, yeah. well, I think, I think... <laughs> she scoffs a little bit at the proposition that you're going to have eight coin lying around. <laughs> and then just give it to a butler. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we have no butler and maybe, oh no, no it's, just, it's just a little bit of rat bone marrow stew, Ma. It's mm. not a big deal. Yeah, She can have it and maybe think of it this way. It's a very good stew. It's very traditional in Ketrisi, but the Uduashans, they don't like it. So she's going to have it. She's going to feel very bad in the stomach, and then problem solved. No more, no more uh, strange Uduvasan lady hanging around, uh, corrupting your son. Good. Now you go back and arrange that. And Moss, he says, uh, as if wanting Moss to stay a moment after Bidri he leaves. Yeah. And I'm introducing more fucked up family dynamics here because I okay. think as Bidri he leaves. She turns to you and she says, keep, keep an eye on your brother for me and let me know if he has run-ins with any other women who are just after his money or, or our business or you know how it is. He's, he has to carry on the, the family. I want you to keep an eye on him, she says, with one of those like... She likes you and all, but I think she's also accepted that you are not the family's future because, sadly, you're not a legitimate child. Also, uh, Moss has been wandering around in the desert. That's yeah. probably not something that like a uh, a respectable person does. I'm not gonna lie. No, no. I'm, just, I'm just establishing a little bit of dynamic here, right? I think Moonlit has that. Yep. Like, she loves you because you're her child, but unlike Bidruhi, he you don't have the responsibilities, which also means you don't have the privileges. So. It's one of those slightly hurtful things where she is basically, you know, mind Bidrahi because what he does actually matters and what you do, well, it's your own life. I, I think 
Yeah, I think she feels that. The, the mm-hmm. she doesn't like address it immediately, but she's just like kind of leans back and is like, "I'm not a policeman." I know. I know, but you're a good deal more sensible. <sighs> Sometimes I feel there's nothing at all of me in that boy. Well, she seems very distracted, uh, takes a breath. We put a lot of effort into that land. Might not be a lot left, none of it left, but uh, well, we have some tools now. Might it not be worth looking at what we can salvage? As you say, he says, and I think there is very little hope in her for the past. I don't think she is inclined that way, but but she's not going to stop you from looking into it. She chuckles. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, go make sure my little brother doesn't get himself into another mess or another Udawashi. And she gets up and leaves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> Meanwhile, the mess. So <laughs> <laughs> the mess in the mess. Yes. Very good. Oh. Uh-huh. Nice. So the woman, while this has been going on, has turned to Mushfik and uh, says, Ah, did everything work out with that ruffian who was accosting you in the street? It was the talk of the town at the chipped cup, you know? Mm, Okay, I'm thinking about how to play this. Um... (laughs) It was a very public scuffle you had, right? You guys still have a lot of heat as a result of it, so... Yeah, but uh, I—I mean, I, I expect that Mumtaz like isn't just this. This is just like conversation, right? She's she's fishing for info. Uh, yeah, probably. Or, okay. You can you can take an action to like study her or something if you want, or you can just go with your instinct. Um. All right, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with instinct and also what I think. What the kind of person Mushrik is? Uh, Mushrik is gonna. He's 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 busy with his meal. He um, what she says is, like, he, he hasn't heard any of it. He just goes, mm-hmm. um, and then he uh, pauses and then looks to her and then says, "Pass the salt, will you?" Yeah, she will pass it over, gesturing a bit with the the bone, and she says. Well, do you think you will come back in Bedrohi's company sometime? You know, it's an excellent place to look for work. If you're, uh, if you need a job, he says, meaningfully gesturing at Moonlit's boarding house, which isn't exactly a place for the super gainfully employed, right? Most people here have temporary gigs in the docks. And she did hear us basically offer to assassinate someone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She gauges your reaction as she offers you the potential of a job. Uh, I, I'm going I'm I'm to make a very difficult person to deal with. He just, yeah. oh, he's still busy. He goes, oh, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. She says, mm-hmm. and she just kind of uh, leans back and says, good to hear you're not in any sort of financial trouble. Is there more food around? And <laughs> you just, <laughs> uh, you know. If if you guys are so well set, don't mind if I do. So she's gonna get some like bread, dip it in her, <laughs> dip it in her stew, and just I think continue eating because I think you pretty effectively shut her down. So she is uh, 
as uh, Moss and Bidrohi returns, she is <laughs> like has helped herself to whatever she can reach. I think. No, but wait. Does uh, Bushwick realize that that means that he's going to have less to eat today? I don't know. <laughs> Make an insight <laughs> check. Yes. Right. <laughs> is your character smart enough to know that food has a quantity? <laughs> I imagine he is. <laughs> like losing trail rations. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what is it? This is, I guess, a study, isn't it? Uh-huh. Are you studying your food supply? Okay, well, that's a poor job. Or, 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 no, I, because this this is, like, this is a bit of social, like, engineering from Munda. She's like, okay, if that's how you're going to be, then I'm going to, yeah. you know, I'm going to help myself. So, like, this is a play. Is yep. I think you should just roll inside as a fortune. Uh, yeah, you can study her in this moment. I think it's totally cool to study her from a controlled standard point of view. I don't think it's okay. risk-free to study her. All right, controlled standard. I mean, and I'm the risk die. you're facing here is her learning more about you. Okay. So. Okay, so I take the lower of the... Yeah, so it's a four. You roll a four and a six on zero <laughs> dice, but you take the four. Um, meaning you do get to know something about her, but she gets to know something about you. And I think the insight you have about her uh, in this moment is that, yeah, she needs people to do kind of a difficult job, and you were not her first choice. Um, uh, she is here because she's a little bit, like, you know, she's playing this very smoothly and casually, but, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't go to some assassins you just met in a bar even if you have a good impression of them, <laughs> if your first option has fallen through, right? So your option, you are I mean, not her planning. I, I give a great impression. Yep. Yeah, you I do. Just, but you are still quite sure show. that uh, you are not her plan A. And I think the thing that she learns about you is that, uh, uh, well, straightforwardly, I think the controlled consequence is that she learns about you that you are a man used to going hungry, which means that <laughs> You know, she has a, she has an angle, right? So uh, unless you resist it, she will she will get a sense for that for how she can manipulate you, which is through your stomach. Um, I will resist it, kind of, um, <laughs> by going. So she's taking the food, and I go. Um, I'm 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 gonna try to say something like. Um, Oh no 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 no! no. Uh, we can't let let our guests have uh, this. This is uh, you know this is leftovers. Like uh, it'll really upset your stomach. You you shouldn't have that. It'll, it'll, yeah. Well. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, said some of you know uh, come, come around and uh, some other time okay. we'll we'll have a better meal uh, prepared okay. for you. Okay. <laughs> so sure. I, I will give you a choice here. You can just play it off this way if you want without a roll, or you can make a resistance roll and actually be in control of the situation, if you do. But, I mean, resistance roll comes with the risk of stress. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's worth it, because okay. you know, she's taking my food. All right. <laughs> Make a resistance roll. Yeah. <clears throat> and you will resist both the consequences. Okay, so you take four stress, but you resist the consequence of her taking uh, any of your food. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm like just kind of like... I, I don't think... Um, like, Mushwick is trying to be too subtle about it. He just, just mm -hmm. drags the, the main serving bowl yeah. just back towards him. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So she, she looks uh, a little bit like befuddled at this far far, and I think now she has decided to wait until she can talk to Bidrohi, who has manners. But uh, you have a sense of uh, that she, you know, has a need of allies, and uh, whatever plan she had, it has fallen through. And I guess at this point we can let Bidrohi and Moss back into the room. 
speaking of bidru and his manners okay okay baby cakes it was very nice to see you now please uh, uh-huh. it's, it's very, we have to we are going to have like a very important guest coming over and uh, so sorry you couldn't stay for dinner and uh, i'm sure next time you can see my little sister as well yeah. uh, and i'm like getting her shawl and so on yeah. <laughs> and i think she says like oh very important like eight coin important oh <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Please tell me what you know, and please tell me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she says. Well, nothing, nothing much. But that at the chip cup, you spoke of your skill and proclivities, and Omid didn't get you. You're not dead. Uh, she grins. So, oh, Omid not getting me. That was all Shere Khatam, and I kind of like uh-huh. you know I, I still have the. Shawl, so I kind of like uh, hold it like a matador, and I kind of uh, flourish towards Shirakatham. You yes, should have seen I, him; he was amazing. I didn't have to even take out my sword. I didn't even have to like you know grab this, sh- grab it by the hilt, and like hold the scabbard, and like take out the sword a little bit, so like you know some light bounces of the blade dramatically, just an inch, and it will look really cool. And like I'd send a message. I didn't even have to do that, you know. Shirakatham, uh, he took care of the whole thing. Oh, is he good at that sort of thing? She says, and I think a funny consequence of Mushvik's resistance here is that she does not realize that Mushvik is Shere Katam, despite your gesturing, because he's totally written him off as unimportant. <laughs> like, is he good at that sort of thing? He wrote the entire book about how to be an absolute badass. <laughs> oh, well, I happen to have need for an absolute badass, actually. Or two. Okay, if there's two, then I can come along. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't be so modest. Listen, first, first absolute badass in the house, Shere Khatam, no questions asked. Then there's me, and uh, actually, no, what am I saying, Sister Moss? I keep forgetting you're here. You're so good at like blending into the background. No, no, no. <laughs> first absolute badass, always Shere Khatam. Second, Sister Moss. And like, you know, if there's room for me to maybe, you know, and like, he's clearly... He's clearly like you know he's doing the false modesty sort of like body language yeah. too. Like, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. I think she's good at this social game. Like now you're playing her game, right? So she mm-hmm. <laughs> she understands totally what you're uh, what you're doing, and uh, she says, "Well, it's I just need some people who can show off a little at uh, one of our performances." Oh, I mm-hmm. forget if I mentioned I'm in the Blue Smoke Troupe. She she says, which is one of the like medium f- famous troops that performs in Ash Cloister. I think like they're not big big, but she drops the name and it's one of those like Bidri who would have heard it. I think like Bidri is like looking at her, his eyes widening, and he just goes, "I I had sex with person who was in blue in in the in the blue the the, the... wow holy shit oh my god." That's so cool. Okay, I'm very happy. Okay, excellent. Uh, <laughs> look, and then I kind of like look around at everyone. Else. You guys don't know. This is big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says we ha- we are throwing a show for a special guest, and well, I'm looking for a little help. And I think maybe we can cut the scene there if you're taking her offer. Like we don't mm-hmm. have to play out the whole her telling you what it is, or maybe we do. It's up to you. Yeah, I think uh, Bidrihoi will just say, well, I mean, I'm not bad at the violin, mm-hmm. but like, 
I'm better at violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shit, I should write that down. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's not immediately obvious to Bidrahi what the in is. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, yeah. Yeah, we so can. I think that she will probably reveal this to Bidrahi. I think what will happen is that she is going to, uh, because Bidrahi is the one who plays this game, she is going to t- like take a walk with you outside and sort of relay to you subtly what is going on. Right, and it's mm-hmm. it's one of those. The reason I don't want to play this out as a scene is that she's definitely the sort of person who keeps speaking in entirely deniable ways about everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, and it's a long conversation. To to what? And that's exhausting to role play. Sorry for interrupting. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what she is telling you is that they are planning to have a. Uh, the Blue Smoke Troop is having a performance for uh, one member of. House, ah, I keep mis- mixing up the houses, sorry. Uh, House Ankayat. One Salman mm. Ankayat. Mm. And uh, yeah, they're, they're just going to put on a little private performance for him. And as it so happens, he, uh, uh, the Blue Smoke Troop is performing uh, an occult and esoteric piece, you see. And to this end, he has borrowed a certain volume from the Ankayat libraries, which he is permitted to study, so that he can take in the esoteric message that the Blue Smoke Troop will be delivering him. This is all smoke and mirrors. There's absolutely nothing occult or esoteric about their play whatsoever, but he believes it, and he has been permitted to take out this certain book from the Ankayat libraries, and it is now highly, very unguarded in his house. Or on his person, as this performance is going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is it is a book that uh, she and her associates want. Okay. And the oh, reason you that you don't just steal the book yourself is because of plausible deniability, huh? Uh, she says, plausible deniability? Oh, no. It's just, I'm in the play. <laughs> I'm good, but I can't be in two <laughs> places at once. Um, all right, sorry. So... To, they're putting on a show for the Ankayat family. Yeah. They're, they say that it's supposed to be like some esoteric stuff. And to understand their play, the Ankayat person has checked out uh, a book from his library? Yes. He has, he, so Salman Ankayat is not particularly important within okay. the family. He's, he's, like, he's mentioned on the family description, but I don't take him to be one of the big cheeses. So a relatively low-ranking memory has access to... Has like cajoled his way into a book. I see. And uh, now that the relatively low-ranking person has it, uh, well, it's an ideal place to get one's hands on it. And so probably he will, you know, study it before the play or bring it to the play or something. But I think this is fairly common in Ash Cloister, where there are a lot of these esoteric secrets flying about. There's definitely always rumors about like you know, so and so, this and that play. It encodes. Mystic secrets, this and that play. Its aria contains a poem that, if you decipher it, you learn the true name of a demon, etc. And if you so, listen to this record backwards, it turns you into a satanist. Exactly, yeah, yeah. it's that sort of vibe. <laughs> so they have uh, lured in an Ankayat family member with rumors of such a thing, and he has bought it. Like she has done all of the setting him up for it already. But she's in the play, so she can't do any stealing herself. 
Understandable. And, uh, and also plausible deniability, of course, because you yeah. have a perfect alibi when you're on stage as the theft happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Bidruhi will ask her. Okay, but like these Ankhaid types, they're like, you know, they're like big time sorcerers, now. They're like masters of time and space or something. What if I try to like take this book and he turns me into like a bunch of pigeons? Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Not about Salman. You see, he's, uh, well, he's come to the chipped cup sometimes. He's uh, a kindred spirit to you and me, she says with a smile. And what she's trying to convey is that Salman is basically a horny idiot. He may be a member of a cool family, but, uh, you know. Mm, okay, I see. He's a sexy beast, but that's all. I see, okay. Mm -hmm. I can work with that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think if you want to take it, she is setting you up to be her accomplice in the theft of a book, which she has circumspectly not told you anything about. I think you can totally gather information about it if you want, but, you know, she's she gives you on a need-to-know basis here, and then it's up to you guys to gather info about her or her target or the book or what have you. Yeah. I mean, books are for nerds. Mm -hmm. However, I am sure that after we, I don't know, part ways, uh, hmm, mm -hmm. do we part ways with a kiss? Hmm. I think so. I think she's still into you. That's honestly probably the reason why she came to you is less because of your legendary assassination skills and more because, well, she likes you, she's into you, and you made a cool boast in the chipped cup and got away with it, which sends a message, right? Yeah. Now I was just <laughs> trying to decide if Bidruhi would. I think, no, I think he's into her. And he's probably like, well, mom's not looking. Yes, that's the other thing I was going to say, that Moss is clearly following us. Yeah, yeah obviously, but also Moss doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you heard, but you hear the whole thing as well, like the un unabridged, unadulterated version of the pitch that yeah. she gave me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Albeit in uh, a lot of roundabout language. Yeah, but Moss is smarter than I am, so she yeah. can put it back together. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. Uh, I think it sounds cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Character. Yep. I am introducing the Blue Smoke troop as a faction here, I think. I think they are an opera troop slash criminal gang. Okay. And you made a favorable impression on them in the Chipped Cup, which is part of their usual haunt. So. Mm. Very good. So somewhat unorthodoxly, I'm going to introduce the faction now and say that you have plus one with them, just because they're impressed with you, and we'll see what comes of it. Fair right? enough. That's perfectly fair. How big is this faction? Tier one or what? Yeah, I think it's tier one. It's like they're cooler than you. They're you know they have succeeded in getting themselves established as an opera troupe that people know the name of, which is not easy, right? Breaking through in mm -hmm. show business at all is hard. Mm -hmm. But they're not like a huge, huge deal. They might be if they get their hands on this book. Mm. All right. Cool. Yep. So and what happens now? Yeah, I think the other thing that you probably don't find out, but I think that Moss can piece together, is that uh, you know the scoundrels she had in mind to do this operation, their thing probably fell through after Omid and his gang went down. So there's another reason to turn to you. Because uh, you're the reason why choice A isn't available. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. We... Mm -hmm. I was going to say something clever, but uh, something something we work by Pokemon rules. If you defeat the guy, then you get yeah. their position. Exactly. And, uh -huh. and his money, I think. 
Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I just pitch it to the rest of the gang. We're going to beat up some nerd. <laughs> and steal his book. Uh, yes. And then the sexy lady will kiss me more. Is 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 this what you're offering to the rest of the gang? That the sexy lady will kiss you more. Uh, I mean, in terms of rewards for you, there are two things on the line here. One, they don't care about anything else that the nerd has other than the book, right? And he's a rich man. He's a rich idiot who will have you know fancy clothes, jewelry, what have you, with him. Oh, we're um, going to steal the entire man. Uh, maybe. <laughs> And uh, second, of course, uh, you know, she has a client for the book. You can absolutely get a cut of the sale. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. Sherekatam, I see you are not sufficiently motivated just to do your bro a solid. I understand. Okay. Food is expensive. Imagine this is my offer to you, Butler. And you just see Sherekatam leave and then he's back fully kitted. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, let's cut to the action, as it were. This is Blades in the Dark, after all. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what information would you guys like to gather and start making a plan? <clears throat> if there are no, if there are no free play scenes, of course, like they could be free play well, scenes, but um, I would I like a free play scene of some of you trying to explain to Saida that this is what we're going to do. Uh huh. Because I think um, out of character, great. In character, mm -hmm. I do think somebody needs to tell this woman that, like, okay. this is why strategically I am saying BRB. Okay, okay. Yes, good. I'm proud yes. of you. I mean, uh, the 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 angle I can see why Saida would be interested is that it's House Ankayat. They have secrets, mm. like real proper secrets, right? And this yeah. is an angle to get at them, but. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. I just think that um, yeah. someone needs to tell her and then be ready for her being like, "What? Excuse, excuse me? Okay, yeah. let's do this. What? Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. where, where does Mushfik run into Saida or vice versa? Oh, uh, you can come to the office, I guess. Oh yeah, I think Mushfik just comes in and goes, "Oh, Auntie, by the way, we have a new job. All right, Bye. we have a new." Who, who is giving us the job? Hello, hello, please wait. Hello. Who, who is giving oh, us the job? Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, uh, when we were in the chipped cup, well, you didn't know we were in the chipped cup. We followed you to the chipped cup. I actually uh, did know that you were in the chipped cup because you made an incredible scene, by the way. Anyway, you don't need to know about what, what I was there for. Um, uh, it was very obvious. Uh, yeah, so when we were in the chipped cup, Mushfik, uh, 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 sorry, Bidrohi, uh, I met someone, and um, yeah, he, I, well, you know the boy. If I had a sister, which I don't, but if I did have one, I wouldn't let her near him. So that's the angle, basically. He wants to get closer to this person. This she's given her, us a job. I think she, like, she, as you say this, uh, her face. I think you can see that there is some resemblance uh, in her mannerisms and in Mundlet's mannerisms here. Right, because it's yeah. kind of her face is doing exactly what Moonlit's face was doing when Bidrohi was speaking to her. Um, and Saida just says, um, "Please tell me that there is something more in it for the rest of us than 
getting Bidrohi some action. Uh, he did offer me a butler. Um, and mm. uh, the, the fella that we're supposed to be robbing, um, Ankayat is the name. Um, he's got a book, I think. Uh, well, ah. You might be into that, Auntie. Like he's, uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be all about demons and all that. And it's a book that we are stealing for ourselves. Um, I, you can see Mushvig is like you know, looking like he, he, you can you can see like his face, like like the strain in his face as he's searching his mind for information on this, and he goes, uh, we are stealing it, and we are giving it to the girl." I see, and I think she. Um, like, you know, is, 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 first of all, quite stressed in life. That's, that's just true. Um, and, you know, you can, you can see them, like, kind of, like, um, their feet are still kind of shuffling under the desk where they're sitting, you know. Um, and I think they say, um, I will do this. If you can promise me that once we steal the book, that I can have some time with it before we hand it over to whoever this uh, this romantic liaison of Bidrohis is. Oh, of course. I mean, we said that we'd give her the book. We didn't. We never said when. Mm. And I think that she um, nods and says. Well, tell me everything you know, and I guess we are doing this. I now, Mushvik, you understand that this is incredibly silly, right? I did understand it, uh, but look, I th- I think we're all getting something out of it. You know, he gets his sorry, Bidrohi uh, gets his girl. You get a book, and I get a butler. I mean, if is anyone, he, if anyone should be upset about this, it's Moss. Is is Saida? Uh, sorry, is 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 Moss upset? Well, she's she's not getting a butler out of this. Mushfi, mm. uh, I I think once we do this job, you and I may need to. Uh, well, I think you might be do some lessons in. Personal development. Mm. Okay, so the thing is, uh, all right, I was, I was gonna play this off silly, but here's the thing: Mushvik did have someone to help him with personal development, who he no longer has. And I think when you say that, ah. you actually see his demeanor change completely. And yeah. he doesn't say you much. You could never but, be him. But yes, indeed. Not that he's just because that. I think he's just suddenly like you know he was in a good mood. And then suddenly he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, mm, yeah, yeah, auntie, I think, yes. Mm. Oh, by the way, uh, I've never said what happened to his Ustad. He could still be alive, maybe. We'll see. Ooh. Ooh. We'll he see. died off screen, which means <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, Saida just says... Um, Damn fool youth dragging me into God knows what. I just. Fine, fine. Oh, you're not. I think, like. No, go on. 
That's, I'm sorry, you were saying that? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, I think, like, sure, we'll get the rest of the details off you. But, like, yeah. Um, we can we can cut here. I was, uh, I was, yeah. I was saying anything, Martin. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I All mean, right. I definitely know what gathering for I want to do, but yeah. Okay. Um, we can start there then. Why not? Okay, what? great. Um, so I think what I want to do is, uh, I have a friend in, in House and Kayat. Yeah. And it seems that like the most obvious thing to do would be, uh, to call upon him. And yeah, I think uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I guess, send a runner. See, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Shahriar is, uh, is, is some kind of weirdo fortune teller. I guess he just finds me knowing that I'm looking yeah. for him. Yes, I was about to say, Shahriar is, you, uh, if I recall correctly, you're fishing buddies with him. Like, that's yep. why you know yep. him. Yep. Yeah, you go fishing yep. together. And he's just like a noble who enjoys fishing. So yeah, and he just found he just found me one day, being like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Um, yeah, exactly. So I think you go down to the reservoir, probably. Yep. Yeah, to... that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Which is in and a very this strange is my vice, part, but I'm not like yeah. engaging yeah. in my vice. But yeah, yeah, which is in a very strange part of Uduasha in the lower cities where the reservoir is like it's a man-made lake, but it somehow seems bigger than it has any right to be inside the city. With, yeah, uh, jetties and even little red-sailed boats on it. Yeah, uh, with the light and well reflected in it. I was gonna say lake and relative dimension in space. Oh no, yeah. time and relative dimension in lake. Yes, anyway, time and relative dimension in lake, indeed. Yeah, this definitely seems like the kind of guy who'd live hang out over here, though. Yeah. It does. And uh, yeah, Shariar is an odd man, even for an Ankayat. Like, they are the demon house of wisdom and insight. But even mm -hmm. for them, he is strange. Uh, what do, you, do you want to describe his physical appearance? Or uh, Yeah. So I think uh, Shariar is um, not, not nearly as old as me. I think he's like mm -hmm. maybe like in his early 40s. Mm -hmm. um, Balding, uh, like balding, and doesn't care about it, right? Um, uh, kind of salt and pepper hair, uh, medium height. I think the main thing that like you can't help but notice about him is that his eyes are very piercing, and they're not a different color. Um, like a minor gripe that I have is that like uh, cool people always have like green or yeah. gray or no. Yeah. I mean, like he's just got brown eyes. Mm -hmm. uh but like when you look at them it's really like holy shit like okay mm. he has um, seen things yeah yeah exactly um and i think mm -hmm. that you can't help but feel that he's seeing straight through whatever armor you've like uh, put absolutely. up or whatever and yeah. as you find him on this occasion i think Wait, that one more detail very... huh? one uh -huh. more detail yeah he has actual salt and pepper in his hair uh -huh. yes <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that the way he is dressed when you find him now is that he's in his like fine official clothes, so like very finely dyed clothes with chains and and details on them, mm -hmm. <clears throat> like you know, uh, gold and red and so on. But then he has a very simple straw hat and he's just fishing. 
And nice. I see he's a yeah. proper member of the nobility. He has like a retainer nearby who is standing respectfully some distance away. And very obviously yeah. is like, I'm just here because I have to be and we are pointedly ignoring each other. Yep, yep. I think like Saida is just gonna walk past mm. her as she's done so many times mm-hmm. and just like not not be like, hey. And mm-hmm. then like I guess the bodyguards mm-hmm. should be like, I'm ignoring you, that's my yep. job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shariar hears you approach, and he says, Oh, Saida, would you look at the water today? Isn't it Ah, just brilliant? Love to see the wind ripple in it. And I'm going to look at the water that seems perfectly still. Yeah. And I will say, (laughs) um, yes, it, it does seem unnaturally vibrant today, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Things are stirring. Who knows what's moving down there? Who knows indeed? Have you caught any names lately? He says, and he pulls up a fish. <laughs> As he says it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to sit down next to him, and I will say, uh-huh. um, you know, I think I'm the one that's been caught. And uh, I think this is like a cool moment where like, uh, mm-hmm. Like their feet are gonna go into the water, and like the feet are still moving, right? Yeah. And now this is the vibration that like he was uh-huh. talking about. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, yeah. He says, "Oh, the desert wind." Then mm. it's unclear if he's commenting. He probably doesn't even know that he's commenting on the demon, but he sees the desert yep. wind blowing over yep. the water now. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like, "Yeah, that's normal. Desert wind in the city, sure." In the it, yeah, underground even. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um and I think Saida will say, um Yeah, I guess you know uh you know what happened or close enough. Um Say, do you know this uh this boy, um Salman? Oh, to let yes, you do I, some fashion. I I think a distant relative Hmm. Adopted, if I don't misremember. But I could be wrong. And I think uh, Saida says, um, well, it seems that the the children I've been taking care of have some interest in him. Some job they want to do to try and get a book of some kind. It's wondering whether you might know anything about it or whether... You know, I'd be better off trying to sabotage them, make sure the uh-huh. book doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Uh-huh. I think this is, as you say, this is a perfect time to make your roll, honestly, to see what yep. he knows. And yep. if you roll poorly, yeah. maybe he will advise you to sabotage them. <laughs> or... Yeah, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this this, this I... seems like a consult, right? Like, I yeah, don't know I it's a consort, it could be and this is, Yeah, and this is your good friend, so you get a bonus die and there's absolutely no cost to it. Ordinarily, a right. noble sharing family secrets about one of his relatives would be a big deal, but not to Sharia. Yep. He's just not cut out yeah. that way. Yeah, which is great. Also uh-huh. because um, he's going to be the kind of person who's going to know loads of secrets about me, and is also mm. not kind of worried that he maybe should keep them to himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sharia knows that the secrets that you're looking for, they're in, they don't they barely qualify as secrets. Uh, yeah. yeah, indeed. He knows the mis- he knows real it's mysteries. A one. Okay. I rolled a one. <laughs> so, what do you want to find out about in particular? What I want to know is, um, well, someone's come up to 
my grand nibbling yeah. and said, hey, man, you are sexy and good looking and I will spend the night with you if you get me this book. Mm-hmm. And also, apparently, there's a butler involved, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. And this could be someone not very clever trying to get something that's not very important. Uh-huh. Or this could be like someone taking advantage of Pitrohi in order to get yeah. like a really important mm-hmm. magical artifact. Okay, so I think I get what vibe you're after. So he nods and says, Ah, yes, Salman. You know, he has a destiny that's tied to this place. And uh, if there are any particular books he has access to, they they must be about here. The reservoir and, well, you know, the old city, he says, with a like very friendly and yet slightly menacing smile. Because yeah. the depth of Uduasha and the old city, yeah, that's... Yeah. Like, he says it innocent enough, but he's, as if it were a perfectly normal thing, and it is to him, but he's not a normal man, and the old city no. is not a normal place. It's cities all the way down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Saida uh, idly scratches that chin and says, um, right, so dangerous in the wrong hands and nonsensical? Oh, I wouldn't say nonsensical, but you do need to turn your head just so. I have another question, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, certainly. We have all the time in the lake. How the hell do you get sand out of your head? And I think, like, um, this is also a question about, like... She can see that there's salt and pepper in his hair, and he doesn't seem to give a shit. But also, it's like the desert wind has been annoying her all Uh this time, right? And like, it's 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 like, yeah, this is the kind of question that Sharia is equipped to answer, right? It's Uh not how do I get rid of the desert wind, Samum? It's Uh some weird, like, yeah, absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, So you're you're framing it this way, but you're hoping to get information about how to perform this exorcism, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, he says, well, there are two ways, really. Air and water. You can pick your poison. One is very high up, the other one very far down. And he casts his line out into the deep black waters of the reservoir. Mm, Yeah, okay. Uh, Actually, if the crew doesn't mind, do you mind if I spend a rep here? Go for it. I don't mind. Okay, so I think what I'm going to do is... And the reason that I'm going to lose a rep uh, mm-hmm. here is uh, um, I think Sharia's bodyguard is going to watch me do this and just mm-hmm. be like, what the fuck are you doing? What a weirdo, right? Um, but I think that I want to try and study the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that I'm going to do it is uh, I'm going to hold my legs just above the surface of the lake and observe yeah. how they move and see yeah. how... Uh, like what Sharia just said about like very low down in water reacts yeah. to the wind itself. Okay, so you're trying to work on your light as a feather clock to get rid of the yes the desert Correct. wind. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, sure, uh, I, I think, think Sharia is helping you, so you get a bonus oh, die okay. to your study, and it's a fortune okay, roll because okay. it's a downside action. Yeah. So with one bonus die, that's three dice. Hey, the bonus die was a six. Otherwise, we're going to be two ones. I'll take it. Okay. You roll a one, so one, one really Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as you look down and as you move your feet in the water, I think the reason why you get such insight is uh, he says, Oh, oh, I know this one. 
and he starts like singing the song that you were dancing to, which nice. is one of those very weird things because normally people recognize things the other way, but yeah, 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 yeah. correct. Um, oh, that's great, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, so he starts uh, Saida, to... like just, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yep. And so it's good, sa- because Saida has a voice for song, right? So I think that yep. really helps. Yep. Uh, fantastic. Uh, okay, cool. No, that's desert that's... song. Great. Yeah, yeah. that's my theme. Uh, that's the theme. Lovely. Does anyone else want to gather information? So all you really know is that Salman is somehow tied to the old yeah, city. Yeah, it was not useful. Yes, I know what's, what I want to do. Uh-huh. And the others can be here with me as well, if they want mm-hmm. to. Sure. So framing the scene, we are the mm-hmm. playful turtle. The sauna slash hammam slash kebab 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 place. Oh god! Oh, yes, okay. God. The sauna oh my restaurant. God, why are we back here? <laughs> okay, where where is this located again? Remind me. Golampit. It's in Golampit. It's in the Golampit. Yeah. Yes. So the it's, industrial yeah, district. It, it, it's where it's where the foundation hangs out. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> the vast steam pipes transporting mm-hmm. steam from the foundries by the by the star at the bottom of the well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Hot steam pumping, uh, big sauna, uh, smell of meat constantly in the air. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, listen, Leo, I keep telling you, these kebabs are like the absolute tits, aren't they? And I'm speaking to my friend Leo, who's a painter. Uh-huh. And he's also, he's not a member of House Anrakis as such, but he is uh-huh. like a hanger yeah, on. They, he's like a yeah. great retainer. He basically they are his sometime patrons, I guess, right? They give him huge sums of money or favors on yeah. occasion. Yeah, yeah, and he's just kind of like hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and he likes the playful turtle too. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. who doesn't like a nice sauna? Who doesn't like a nice kebab? I guess so. Uh, but, yes. Yeah. The main reason we are here uh-huh. is because it's also a discreet place to discuss. That is uh-huh. not the chipped cup. Okay, so you uh, are uh, so you're framing this as you're in the sauna restaurant with him, like surrounded yes. by steam, wearing towels and so on. Yeah, okay. Yes. And I would prefer Mo- uh, Moss and Sherikatam to also be here, so that it's mm-hmm. not just so that you know we fill up the room, and I'm not yeah. talking to Leo about something sensitive with like random strangers around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, we're mm-hmm. here. Excellent. Yeah. So you are everyone sitting in your towels in the heat, enjoying the meat smell. <laughs> and uh, yeah, describe Leo to me a moment. Is he a uh, is he an Uduashan? Uh, hmm. yes, he is. He's an mm-hmm. Uduashan. His tags are loyal, lovelorn, mm-hmm. and giddy. Uh, okay, giddy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, giddy. And uh, he, I described him before, but like just a reminder, he mm-hmm. he resembles Dev Patel. So like tall, mm, very good yeah. looking, uh, and like kind of like far, sort of like a, always like seems to have, be thinking of something else, and like with a smile on his face, very yeah. pleasant guy. Uh, mm-hmm. We get on really well. Like uh, we're both ice teats. Yeah. Uh, he's got a sense of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell him, but okay, Leo, you know this uh, this Salman and Kayat, right? This uh, this. This person who is somehow described to me simultaneously as like total dork and also sexy beast. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. I wouldn't say sexy beast. You know, he he doesn't drag too, too high. But uh, sure, sure. He, to be honest, he's, he has a desperate air about him. Kind of off-putting. Oh, that's not very sexy at all. No, no, I know. I mean, some people are into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, listen. 
for example, take Shere Khatam here. He, yes. This man does not give a fuck. I know. He still hasn't let me paint him, which, by the way, is a travesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you free? And... <laughs> <laughs> I, think he, I think Leo just has a thing where he just wants to paint you in a heroic pose, and he has suggested this before. But it's a very boring process to sit for a portrait, right? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Shere Khalam, he's... Um, I don't think... I don't think Bush is actually having a great time in the sauna because it's no. steamy, like the the like usually the smell of food entices him, but like it's overpowering here. The yeah. the moisture's made his already messy hair like even yeah. like messier. It just goes. Uh, uh-huh. uh. <laughs> See, yes, well, <laughs> can't even be bothered to reply. <laughs> an offer from Leo of House and Rakesh to paint. Po- Listen, this man, I keep telling you, amazing and like. Also, sisters here, and but you can see her. She's like hiding in the steam. Hidden <laughs> in the sauna. I am, I am simply on the other side of the coals. It's not. I am not doing it on purpose. Yeah. See, inconspicuous, like crouching tiger. Like you know, Sherekhatam tiger. She is also tiger, but like she's a tiger you don't see. Uh, you know. What? Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, I guess I could paint her too, but it's you know. People who don't draw attention, it kind of defeats the purpose. He <laughs> kind of rambles on. <laughs> Yo, this is an aesthetic so challenge good. to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, please You'll go. be what? What did you say, boss? Sorry. Uh, she like jokes like, oh, I'll be in the background sometimes. You uh-huh, need some yeah. clothes, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Landscape painting with a hidden person. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Where's Moss? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you can make a book series out of that. He starts scribbling down. Yes. Well, he doesn't because you're in the song. He can't scribble anything down. But he makes a mental note to sell. Uh-huh. Listen, the foundation is always scribbling down ideas here. They yeah, can never true. execute their plans afterwards because they're illegible. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it's 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 about the vibe. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, I say. Okay, this Salman person, okay, not very aesthetically pleasing, a little bit of a desperate li- little bitch, also 100% dark. I see you did not refute that, so I assume it is true. Um, oh, yes. Okay, tell me about him. I have, I have some business interests in him. Uh, so anything interesting that you could tell me about, like, I don't know, his likes, his dislikes. You said desperate, like desperate for what, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, here's how this is going to work. You get a bonus die from mm-hmm. your friend, and mm-hmm. uh, you roll uh, action as a fortune roll because you're just gathering mm-hmm. information. But I am offering you a devil's bargain. And yes. the devil's bargain is obviously for, for you to get Shere Katam to sit for a portrait for him at some point. Uh, and, I mean... Yeah. I mean, okay, that's fine. Because, like, you know, Leo, he wants me to help him. Like uh-huh. obviously that's what friends are for, and like Leo the ti- Leo the lion, Sherekatan the tiger. It's it's mm-hmm. a match made in heaven, etc. Yeah. But yeah. we so all know a... yeah. that I can't make Sherekatan do anything, but perhaps we can try to work on it. Yeah. So basically, how I'm framing this is: if you take the devil's bargain, you will have. I guess you will owe Leo a model. It doesn't necessarily have to be Sherekatan, but it has to be like someone equally impressive that he can paint. How impressive I mean, is Mutaz? Yeah, uh, equally impressive. That's not possible, but uh-huh. we can we can figure it out. Uh huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, you know, yeah, sounds good. You will you will get uh, you promise to help him paint someone cool, and you can take a bonus die for that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Six. And the reason nice. it can't be you is obviously he's already painted you, right? Like he already has made a portrait of you, I think. Yes, <laughs> many times. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, cool. So you get good info on Salman. Yeah, I think he he tells you a fair bit about the guy. So nothing here about destiny because that was Saida's angle and you learned a little, but not very much. Yeah, also um, seemed like the kind of thing he'd know. Yes. About. So uh, the reason Salman is indeed adopted, and I think you learned the full story of him here with a with a six. He's adopted into House Ankayat, and it is like one of those technically secrets, but kind of an open secret that he got adopted because of his birth sign. He is astrologically important. So hmm. it's one of those things, right? The wizard sought out some poor family. They were like, "We'll give you loads and loads of money for your son. He was bar- born on exactly the right time." And so there was this mm. huge expectation on it to become some sort of grand scholarly wizard guy. And he's dull as shit. Is you know what? <laughs> he, he is now my hero. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is what I deserve. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So he's like not particularly intelligent, not particularly interesting. He's really boring, but he has this star sign about him. So all of Ankayat behaves like, oh, he's destined for great things yada yada and consequently he's also like pretty spoiled and he's not super duper high station like there's a limit to how far astrology can get you in house ankayat right so <laughs> he I is like the implication you know, that in other houses it can actually get you much further yeah possibly <laughs> but i mean these people these people know their stuff um, yeah so he's he's a fairly like minor member but because he has this whole like destiny thing that everyone keeps talking about he has the ability to requisition things that are normally out of the reach for a low-ranking member such as very cool books from their Ankayat library hmm. and uh well the thing he is desperate for you finally learn uh the thing that he is desperate for is basically like to be cool like status um hmm. but he is just not a very creative guy uh, he also uh, is like in it for the sex. That is actually one of his descriptions from the book. So he is—he tries to like leverage his status to get laid, but you know, maybe he succeeds sometimes. But mostly, he's just kind of a boring guy. So he doesn't have much luck. Mm-hmm. And Bidre listens to all this and says, "Wow, this guy fucking sucks." <laughs> Uh, Leo goes, yeah, well, there's a reason I don't want to paint him now, isn't there? He's not very attractive either. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And Bidra is just shaking his head. Yeah, uh, I think that's good information. Yep. I don't know if anyone present in the scene wants to follow up with anything here. Maybe not here, uh, but I might gather some more information on Salman Khat. Uh, I, I want to do gather information on something else, but I'll let you go first. Okay. Right, sure. So if, basically, uh, I want yeah. to know about his comings and goings. So basically, like, I, if it might be easier to intercept him before he makes it to the play. Okay, yeah. Or, Just yeah. spying on him and what his habits are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, where, where he goes. And I have a contact who might be, who might be able to help me. Oh, interesting. Yep. More yes. contacts. Yes. Well, this was your wish. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. 
So uh, sorry, I've got too many uh, character sheets open. Uh huh. Yes, my <laughs> my contact is Rupal, a driver. So he'd know. Uh huh. And Rupal, I've marked down, is he's a racing enthusiast, and Rupal, particularly on straight tracks. And Rupal is absolutely a real Bengali name. And if anyone wants to make any connections here with anything, uh-huh. you know, I'll just leave <laughs> that up to them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. Um I've got many other tags for him though, except that he's a racing enthusiast. Okay, yes, he's a racing enthusiast. Now how do I play Rufal? What does he race and I guess in the Colosseum, right? Um goats, I guess. I don't know. What, what do chariot, you do right goat here? chariot races uh-huh. I mean, the Aruvians have horses, right? They're kind of famous oh, for at least the rich okay, people yeah. having more horses. So I think maybe he actually yeah. is like a horse, a horse yeah. buggy racer. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think that his entire personality is just that, just, just speed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a speed feed. Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah. I'll play him that way then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not right. like your good friend necessarily, but how no. are you having help you spy is he just driving you around uh no no i i just want to because he's he's a driver i think like this is something that he um like i okay no i don't think he's a coliseum racer because the way i pictured it is that he is a driver like he drives people around like a taxi kind of thing right probably privately hired often privately hired like a chauffeur yeah 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 yeah. and Uh he's into like street racing as well on the side Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think I just turn up like you may, so the, the 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 way I'm picturing it is like in Dhaka you'll see like these rickshaws they're all gathered in one corner of the street right and all the yeah. rickshaw drivers are all chatting with each other right mm-hmm. and also like wherever like you know there's a um, like any kind of event, right? Like people who can't afford a chauffeur, like, you know, like they'll, which is actually fairly common in yeah. like having a driver in South like Asia. Like they drive you there and then all the drivers just, like while the, you know, while you go to whatever event you're going to, all the drivers are just outside and they're all hanging out and they're all talking. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So, you're, so that, you're, you meet him at this sort of place, all of yeah. them hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's my angle. Is yeah, you know, have the drivers been talking? Uh, does he know about this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're actually asking him for gossip. Yeah. yeah fair yeah. enough. Let's let's start this with a consort role then, just to not like do more super long scenes. But yeah, yeah well, it doesn't have to be. It's just you yeah. know, hey, what man? What's up? Have you heard of this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so make your role first. I think you can take a bonus dice from him without cost here, although he isn't your. No, your he's close not my friend. favorite contact. He's he's just a guy I know. So am I taking yeah. a bonus die then? Yeah, I, th- I think you could get a bonus die here. It's not you're not asking for terribly much. Just gossip. Okay. It would be another thing if you were. Yeah. Oh, hello. He knows everything. Yes. Okay. Huh. Uh, good. Chloe shared a picture of what this man looks like. <laughs> so uh, now I need to find the yeah, voice. Yeah, I, I approve of this. Uh-huh. But uh, he goes like, "Oh yes, Salman. Of course I know him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, thing is, guy hires private drivers, mostly, usually. Really, really, really boring ones. The guy's a 
big old dull dud. Hey, I think one of my friends worked for him. Hey, yo! And he claps someone else on the shoulder and calls over another friend. And then, like, he calls over another friend. And they, you know, the consequence of your six here, right, is that he just gets the whole pack talking about uh, working for this guy. And, uh, yeah, what you learn is that he fairly frequently visits Ash Cloister because he wants to be where, like, the beautiful people are. Mm-hmm. He craves the status and the sex and the glitz and glam. And uh, he has people, you know, people have worked for him. They cart him around. He doesn't have, like, super regular habits. But a thing about him you learn, I guess, from context here is he never walked. He, like, always has a driver. He always has a carriage. And uh, he pretty much always has someone with him. You know, like, servant, retainer, chaperone, whatever it is. So you can't really ambush the guy, like, just walking down the street when he gets mm, where he's okay, going, okay. right? Um, that said, he's he's fairly easy to spot because he has a, uh, as a member of House Ankayat, you know, he has a stipend. He has a, his own carriage that he owns and so on. Right. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, so you can ask a follow-up question if you want. You roll the six, so. Hmm. This is absolutely was a, a Dhaka person. You just yeah. described some rich kid in Dhaka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Spot on. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I guess I figured. So yeah, he hates walking. I guess that's the main thing you learn. <laughs> he just hates walking. Oh my uh-huh. God. No, that, that's a rich kid in Taka. Yeah. Uh-huh. They'll, they'll drive to a place that's like just across the street. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm sure he just goes. Um, uh, he, like, he, he wants to show off to the girls. He wants to appear cool and he doesn't even use you. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. I know. I know. The, see, the thing is, I tried to get a gig for him once, but he didn't appreciate the uh, the excitement. Of course, we didn't really end up in Ash Cloister. There was a uh, there was a, a downhill track. We had a problem. Let's see, uh, well, what can you say about these kids in Zuasha? Um, okay, so that's my follow up question. Um, uh-huh. you don't happen to know if he's uh, going to Ash Cloister anytime soon, would you? Oh, again, like, I don't think he knows, but like people yeah. talk and etc. right? <laughs> and uh, they go like, oh, yeah, for sure. He'll be going to the Blue Smoke troop. They made a whole thing about it. Oh, and if he's not using you, who's driving him then? I mean, I'm sure uh, yeah, he's sure. got Yeah, yeah I you know out the name of his driver. It's, it's a guy who probably used to be like more of a taxi guy, but now actually works for Salman. You know, he got hired as okay. Salman's private driver. Uh, let's give this person a name. Uh, I think he is... Um, uh, hmm. Uh, I think he's known by a nickname. He's called uh, the Vole. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or people people just know him as Vole. Uh, he's a short guy. He is uh, <laughs> a reasonably good driver. Um, known to be uh, known to have uh, habits that suit driving a rich kid around in Ash Cloister. Let's say he likes entertainment. Oh, yes, of course. For some reason, Vol, even though he's short and not that physically attractive, he gets the girls, and Salman is jealous of his driver. So, yeah, he's uh, a, a short, not conventionally attractive, but incredibly charismatic driver. 
All right, very useful stuff. All right, just uh, give uh, old Rupal a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, wish him luck on his next race, and uh, yeah, I think that's yep. that's everything I need to know. Okay, cool. And Moth, <laughs> finally. Yes. Um, well, in our lineup of uh, us visiting uh, people we know, presumably from our uh, from our like list of yes. acquaintances. Mars is going to be visiting um, a person listed as Ifede, a lawkeeper. Oh, excellent. Tell me about this person. So, um, I think Mars and Ifede are they're, they're basically a very similar kind of person, just from different cultures. Yeah. Uh, both kind of like a person who used to be a wanderer who also happened to maybe know a lot of weird, sh- weird shit, um, come to Ur- Uruasha under, well, not entirely uh, voluntary or happy about its circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think she, she knows a lot more about Ifeda than that. Um, yeah. So is she from some different culture, another Eruvian culture? Or uh, I I don't well if it is a Yoruba name I don't think that's uh, I don't think that exactly fits within the the, the uh, kind maybe of maybe a dagger islander yeah okay that makes yeah, sense cool. so a dagger islander lore keeper huh? yes um, uh, yeah so so I'm gonna be visiting her um, I think. I think we know each other because I once came to her about the tree and it was like, hey, do you know anything about like yeah. growing trees, uh, mm-hmm. growing, growing weird ghost trees mm-hmm. um, that, that have been growing in a weird way? Um, yep. And it didn't really pan out, but uh, this time Absolutely. I'm coming to her with a different question. Yeah, I want to add a detail about her if she's a Dagger Islander because it's a detail mm-hmm. I've gone with the Dagger Islands in other games and I like it. And it's that they don't have any sort of like community defenses against ghosts. They use tattoos. They have like wards on their skin. Nice. Which is, which is cool because I have been yeah. imagining her with the tattoos. Yeah. So she has the, yeah, Dagger Islander traditional ghost wards you wear on your skin. You don't build them. Mm-hmm. I think they look a little bit like, uh, like the lines on a microchip. Ah, yes. And, Ooh, cool. mm-hmm. and, and uh, Moss has no, has missed a lot about her appearance because she's always try- she thinks it's a maze and she's always trying to trace to solve it. Yes, uh-huh. excellent. Yeah, cool. So uh, if it is also like a, probably she also lives in Bundervest then, like the immigrant quarter, or does mm-hmm. she live somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, no, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you come to her house. She's probably one of those like local wise people, helps people out with this and that things and stuff and uh, yeah uh, I guess you visit her at her home uh, I do so uh, you knock on the door or yeah of course I yeah. <laughs> I, I could do something weird and and, and yeah. uh, sneaky but I feel that would be rude in this case yeah I, I well I wonder what your relationship is with with you both as sneaky weird people <laughs> it's but yeah uh, so she uh, you hear from inside Oh, come in, love. Hi there. Uh, And I think our relationship is is strangely normal and cordial. Yeah, (laughs) I was figuring that. Oh, Moss. Long time now see, love. Have a seat. Too long, too long. 
Oh, want some tea? Coffee? Uh, well, tea would be a good start. Oh, well, tough luck. I don't have any, but I do got coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she pours you some. Got fucking played. <laughs> I guess this is just the person she is. Uh, Speaking of plays, I'm I'm about to visit one, or I guess it's more of a performance. Oh, oh! Please don't tell me it's up in Ash Cloister. Everyone upstairs, a damn snob in it. Wait, is it in Ash Cloister? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah unfortunately. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, you got two kinds of people up in Ash Cloister, as far as I'm concerned: snobs and perverts. I'm hoping for your sake you're in the latter category, or else I might lose respect for you. Oh, there's a third category, it's thieves. Oh, oh fair enough. All right. You gotta, yeah. you gotta introduce Saida to this person. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just gonna happen at some point. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess I can get along with thieves. Prefer a pervert myself, but... She sets down the cup in front of you. No, we can, we can be slightly cross-category. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what they're doing... They haven't told me that, that much about it, but what I can piece together is they're doing a performance. It has, they call it, uh, an exciting occult angle to it. Um, and I think they're kind of downplaying it. You know, it's supposed to be something that looks a little bit like an occult thing to visitors, but isn't actually magical or arcane or spiritual or weird, uh, weirdly, like, demonic in any way um no he kicks a tongue goes right got it got it my in my imagination that's probably nonsense and either it, they're actually doing some sort of spell or this is a ritual or a you know based off something that used to be a spell but they corrupted it into, into something uh mundane uh like a simple tradition sort of thing I happen to have some, and and I I'll introduce that I probably like kind of serve, surveyed the place where it happened, mm -hmm. where it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I'll just be like, I happen to have some details. I I was wondering if you knew what they might be doing or what uh, what this might be related to originally. What you know? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, make your role, I suppose. And what you're trying to figure out is, I guess, basically what kind of bullshit they have told Salman to get him so interested in this, which might tell you something about what, what book he's gotten as well, right? Yeah. That's the angle? Am I getting you right? Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's also like, is there, is there an actual magical background to what they're doing that, like, we could change the... Um, could change the performance to make it actually do something, or we need to really make sure that something doesn't happen. Okay, excellent. So you can take a bonus dice for Ifede. Uh, I think, hmm, I will offer you a devil's bargain here, actually, mm -hmm. for an extra dice. And it's mm -hmm. that uh, Ifede uh, will get interested in this actual lore, and she will want to go to the play. <laughs> like, you'll have to bring her. I mean... Bring her! Bring her! Bring her! <laughs> That's that's immediately solved. That Zaida needs to meet her. I will take yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, also, do tell me if I'm overstepping with just like introducing this potential. No, uh, I love it. 
occultness into it. I love um, it. Yeah. Great. So my roll is a six. So oh. all of you rolled a six on your uh -huh. gather infos but me, but uh -huh. I rolled a six on my own problem, which seems to be, yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. Fantastic. <laughs> now I need to come up with an actual angle, okay? I have something. So uh, she says, oh, yeah, I know that one, actually. Travelers do it time to time. A couple of them really do remember the occult significance. Place called the Peacock Tower. Hold on, she says, and she... Uh, heads to she doesn't have a lot of books i think because she's a lore keeper you know but she rifles through memorabilia like a shelf full of stuff that she has that reminds her of things and uh, she pulls out a uh, a mask like a feathered mask that had sequins on it at some point but they kind of fallen off and she goes this here this is one of the real deal one of the ones from people who knew what they were doing kept as a keepsake so, it's a play about a god who forgets he's a god. Mm. Happens to the best of them, you know? And, uh, yeah, I suppose she will tell you all about this occult play. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, in its original, it is about a peacock deity, like a forgotten god, except the twist is he's not forgotten by others. He's forgotten about himself or themselves, gods, all of that. And uh, this is obviously like the tie, I think, to Ypri and the deep city. Ypri is one of the districts of Uduasha in the deep city. Becomes obviously clear because it is a place of forgetting, a place where the city forgets itself. Oh, God. And so, yeah, it's in this angle and performed correctly. Uh, the play, uh, like its occult significance, its spell weaving, is that it can restore lost memories. And it can also be used to strike people amnesiac, which is one of its terrifying aspects. Like to, to master occultists who perform this play, right? They can actually make one of the actors completely forget who he is and assume a new identity. Mm -hmm. Which is useful if you need deep, deep espionage. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But it can also incite powerful waves of nostalgia and memory in the onlookers. All right. It's uh, it's. I don't think I know about Zaida's problem with Savon, but it'd be very funny to just make Savon forget that it's a demon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking uh -huh. the opposite, which is, wouldn't it be very funny if Saida forgot she was being haunted by a demon? But your yeah. solution is so much better for me. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a play about nostalgia and screwing around with memory and stuff, and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, since you rolled a six and because you accepted this devil's bargain, uh, uh, Ifede will give you this mask and then she'll, she'll say like, you know, if you're planning to tamper, I'll be there. And she winks at you. <laughs> mm. Great. Uh, I expect I'll be glad to have you there. Uh -huh. Well, maybe, maybe not. Don't forget, I've seen this play performed for real ones. Who knows what I'll remember? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, so you have the, the mask with you as a token of Ifeda's, of your promise to Ifeda to meet her there, I guess. And mm -hmm. also as a means to tamper with the play. I'm giving you that for free. Use it as you see fit. Excellent. Incredible. I love this. Here close the doors to the House of Endings.
those who dwell within are Sohem, called Cloth, Adiat, called Soap, Saumitri, called Tree, and Emma. I have been Prince, your host. Our city of Uduasha is based on Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions, with special thanks to Johnstone Metzger. Follow us on Twitter or support us on ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. If you want to engage further with us, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash desperateattune, where you will get our newsletter, extra content, and updates from Uduasha. On the next episode of Desperate Attune. Here's what we're going to do. You wear the mask at the right time. Our little share will give you the signal to sing at the right time. And when it comes to it, when you wear the peacock mask and sing the name that I'm about to give you, remember only one thing. They threw Prince Khatam into the wilderness after it was done.